Hello and welcome back to Sense and Spirituality. Today we move into the second half of Marcus Borg's book, Reading the Bible Again for the First Time. Again, there is far too much here to cover in one session, so we will simply highlight some key themes which I summarize from Borg's writing. First of all, as Borg stresses, we must remember that whenever we study the New Testament, we do so against the backdrop of the Hebrew Bible, which was foundational for Jesus, his followers, the early Christian community, and the writers of the Christian scriptures. Jesus and his followers were all Jewish. Borg even asserts that Jesus and Paul never intended to start a new religion separate from Judaism. The word Christianity, as he notes, does not appear in the New Testament at all. Up until the middle of the third century, a majority of Christians were still of Jewish origin. That said, a separation between traditional Judaism and the Jewish followers of Jesus began to be evident near the end of the first century. Borg cites three primary reasons for the growing divide between traditional Jews and the Jewish community of Jesus' followers. There was the issue around Gentile followers, non-Jews, not having to become Jewish in order to be a disciple of Jesus. For example, their men were exempted from the practice of circumcision, and Gentiles were not reluctant required to keep the dietary laws of kosher. Within Judaism itself, there was a move to exclude those Jews who saw Jesus as the promised Jewish Messiah. Finally, while the Roman Empire did allow Jews to practice their own religion, they began to become very nervous about what they perceived to be a dangerous and revolutionary new sect. Armed rebellions were a part of the historical landscape of first century Palestine, as many Jews sought to free themselves from the brutal tyranny of Rome. The vengeance of Rome was swift and violent, culminating in the destruction of the beautiful temple in Jerusalem in 70 in 70 of our common era, which effectively ended the practice of animal sacrifice in Jewish worship and radically changed Judaism. While the Hebrew Bible was written over a period of 800 years, the Christian scriptures were produced in 100 years or less. We find four categories of literature in the New Testament. 21 letters, of which 13 are attributed to Paul, although scholars are agreed on only seven of them being genuinely Pauline. Four Gospels are what Borg calls public biographies of Jesus, an apocalypse, the book of Revelation, and a history of the early Christian community, the book of Acts. Borg stresses that all of the New Testament documents were written to persons or communities personally known to the authors. In other words, they deal with issues that were prevalent at that time and therefore need to be read within their historical and cultural contexts. The Gospels, which Borg focuses on in this chapter, are our primary sources for the life 
and teachings of Jesus. They are, however, anonymous. Although some of the early followers of Jesus would have been familiar with the writers, names were not actually ascribed to the Gospels until at least the second century. While they are virtually our only source for the historical Jesus, Borg emphasizes that they are a combination of history remembered and history metaphorized. They provide us with an historical sketch of Jesus, as well as some important impressions of how people understood Jesus in the first 40 to 70 years following his death. For Borg, there are two ways of looking at Jesus, and both are valid, as long as we are clear about the distinctions between each. There is the historical Jesus and the canonical Jesus. The historical Jesus concerns what we can know factually, at least within reason. In Borg's estimation, the historical or pre-Easter Jesus was a Jewish mystic, a healer, a teacher of conventional wisdom, a social prophet, and a renewal movement initiator. The canonical Jesus relates to the metaphorical meanings of the Gospels. It is the canonical Jesus that is Borg's focus in this chapter. In his discussion of each Gospel, he examines only what he regards as their major themes, integrating Jesus' inaugural scenes in each. As he notes, three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, have strong similarities. Both Matthew and Luke draw heavily on Mark's gospel, as well as another source of Jesus' sayings, simply identified by scholars as Q, which stands for the German word Quelle, meaning source. For this reason, they are called the synoptic gospels, synoptic signifying that they are seen together. The gospel of John, the latest of the canonical gospels, is a very different gospel and much more mystical in nature. The earliest canonical gospel that we have is the Gospel of Mark, which Borg calls a wartime gospel. Written around the time of the Roman destruction of Jerusalem and its sacred temple in 70 CE, Mark wrote about the end times being near. Jesus had come to announce that the kingdom of God is at hand. He therefore called people to repent. Borg says that Mark is not talking about being sorry for one's sins, but rather about a return from exile. To repent is to die to an old way of life, so as to be born anew as a follower of the way of Jesus. Matthew's gospel was written about 20 years after Mark. Matthew is the most Jewish of the gospels, yet sadly it contains some of the most anti-Semitic writings ever produced, texts of horror that have been viciously twisted down through the centuries to cause unspeakable harm against the Jewish people. In fact, Matthew's writing is a reflection of the intra- Jewish struggle of his day. After the destruction of the temple by the Romans, the Jewish community began to ban 
fellow Jews from their synagogues and communities. That is those Jews who followed Jesus. Matthew, whose inaugural scene was Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, portrayed Jesus as the new Moses. Think of Moses on Mount Sinai and urged the Jewish disciples of Jesus not to return to traditional Judaism, but to stay the course and continue their allegiance to Jesus. The Gospel of Luke was also written 10 or 20 years after Mark. It is part of a two-volume work that includes the book of Acts. Luke describes Jesus' mission to the Jewish people, while Acts describes how this mission spreads beyond the holy city of Jerusalem to Jews living in the, di the diaspora and to the Gentiles or non-Jews all the way to Rome. Jesus' inaugural scene begins in his hometown synagogue, where he declares his special mission to bring good news to the poor, freedom to those who are oppressed or in captivity, and sight to the blind. In the book of Acts, blessed by the Spirit at Pentecost, the people are to continue Christ's mission to the world. <clears throat> the Gospel of John is often called the spiritual gospel. Written later than the other gospels, it differs significantly from the synoptic gospels in four key ways. One, chronology. Jesus' ministry is spread out over three years as opposed to one year in the synoptics. And the overturning of the tables of the money changers is not the cause of Jesus' arrest as it is in the synoptic gospels, but rather part of the beginning of his public ministry. Two, geography. In the Synoptic Gospels, Jesus' ministry is mainly in Galilee, while John focuses on Judea and Jerusalem. Three, Jesus' message in the Synoptics is about the kingdom of God, while Jesus' message in John is about himself. And fourthly, there are significant differences in style. The Synoptic Gospels recall Jesus' parables and stories, whereas John contains longer theological treatises. The inaugural scene for John is a wedding banquet in Cana of Galilee. The message is clear. Jesus' ministry is about a wedding celebration where the wine and the joy never run out. Would that we all take time to remember that Jesus wants to bring us a life of joy, the joy experienced by a couple on their wedding day. <clears throat> In the remaining pages of this chapter, Borg focuses on the metaphorical meanings of some of the key stories in the Gospels, like Jesus walking on water, the feeding of the multitudes, and the healing of a blind person. Whether or not you believe these events actually happened, their message is important and very clear. Jesus comes to us when we are distressed and calms the storms of life. Jesus feeds our hunger for spiritual nourishment and meaning. When we know Jesus, our eyes are opened and we receive redemption and enlightenment. Finally, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That is, it is by following the way of Jesus, the way of love, 
service and self-sacrifice, a way that is also taught by other great religions. It is by following this way that we are transformed and discover our true joy. That's it for this week, friends. May you know the love, peace, hope, and joy of Jesus in the coming week and always.